Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. I have a lot of exciting things to cover tonight. Tonight, we're going to be talking about winter riding. I don't know about you guys, but the time has changed. It changed this week and it feels so late. It's only six o'clock, but it literally feels like midnight. It is so dark outside. This is always a little bit of a hard time, I think, for us equestrians. So we're going to talk a little bit about winter riding. We're going to talk a little bit about Patreon. We're going to talk about some upcoming events that we have happening for you guys this winter. We're going to be talking a little bit about leg yields. That is the topic if you are in strides this month. We're going to be talking about what you're grateful for. And then I have some questions from you guys to answer. So I wanted to talk up, start out talking about winter riding because I live in Southern California, so it doesn't really count. Like, I don't really feel like I'm, I'm qualified to talk about winter riding, but it does get a little bit colder. It gets a little bit darker. We've had rain this week. And so what happens here in California is that our, we don't have an indoor, we don't have a covered arena. And our arenas don't do very well in the rain. So when it rains, they get really soppy and deep and it takes like three to four days for them to dry out. So what we do when it rains is we have these giant tarps. If you follow me on Instagram, you might've seen them, but we put these giant tarps over the arenas and then we pull them up and we're able to ride. Now, the thing is that at my barn, there's about a hundred horses, there's five trainers, there's five arenas. And so when it rains, we're down to right now, we're down to one arena. So it's been super busy. There'll be like five or six horses in a tiny arena and it's cold and it's a little windy and the horses all get fresh. Um, So definitely, I think that one thing that's really important during the winter time when things aren't normal and you have to kind of modify, I think it's always really important, like safety first. Like that is the number one priority, safety of yourself, safety of your horse, really knowing your limitations and your horse's limitations, what your horse can handle, what your horse can't handle, what you can handle. A couple of things that's really, really important to remember which is strange, is that horses are very affected by the weather. I'm not sure why it is. Like, I don't understand. Maybe someone in the chat knows. But why is it that when it's cold, horses get like crazy and they want to run around and be super fresh? Because for me, when it's cold and rainy and snowy, all I want to do is curl up on the couch and stay under the covers. But horses seem to think that Cold weather should be super 
exciting and you should run around and buck. So I think that that's something that's really important to be aware of is that whenever there's a change in temperature or especially when a storm is coming in and horses feel the difference in the pressure, that can make them really wild and do things that they don't normally do. So on days when it's cooler, take a little more time doing groundwork with your horse. I think it's important to do something like don't just not get your horse out at all. Don't not go to the barn because consistency is really, really important. It's better to do something than nothing, but you may only do groundwork with your horse and that's okay. You know, get your horse out, lead your horse around, practice putting their head down, stopping, backing up, do what you can do within the realm of staying safe. Another thing that's really important um, is that, what was I going to say? Okay, to think about the footing. So when the weather's bad, a lot of times the footing gets bad. So it might get slippery. And when the footing is slippery, so if it's icy, if it's muddy, your horse is likely to fall down if you ask them to do a lot of steep turns or bends. So you really want to be careful of that, that if the footing is, is slippery or if it's muddy, that you don't do like a one ring stop or like bend your horse and turn them really sharp because they might slide and they might fall down. So that's one thing that you really, really want to be aware of is if the footing is bad. And if the footing is bad, then that's kind of a safety concern and you have to modify. Okay, let me read what's going on here in the chat here. So Susan said she did lots of groundwork last winter and it helped with riding come spring. Yes. So I'm, I love doing groundwork and we are going to be doing our groundwork course in January. I've been doing a lot of work with updating the course. So if you took it, the course last year, go in there and I've added a lot of new videos. Um, because groundwork is basically like riding from the ground up. You can apply all the same aids. You can teach your horse about leg aids and rein aids and lateral work and pee off and you can do all that. And when you have connection with your horse on the ground, when your horse is responsive to you on the ground, it will carry over to sat under saddle. And groundwork has saved my life so many times because I used to always get all of the unrideable, crazy horses. It was like, oh, send it to Amelia. And to be honest, I'm not good at riding horses when they buck or when they bronk or when they run off. I don't like feeling out of control on a horse. I don't think anyone does. And the reason, the way that I was able to manage all these horses is because of groundwork. So do your groundwork. Um, oh no, someone said they lost sound. Let's see. Um, Lindsay, will you be creating videos for the new dressage tests? So yes, I am doing videos for the new dressage test. I posted on YouTube last week, the new training level test three, which is really cool because I have drone footage and Sylvia helped me to lay the letters down. So you can see the footage from above. You can see me riding the test pattern 
and you can see where all the letters are. So there's no reason that you guys should have bad geometry after you watch the new test. So training level test three is out. I have filmed the new first level test. I'm working on second level. So I'm going to be kind of working my way up the levels. But yes, I am working on new tests for you guys. So um, that's it, I guess, about winter riding. Let's move on to Patreon. So Patreon, if you guys don't know what it is, it's kind of like a tip jar for me. And I post a lot more behind the scenes footage on Patreon, like me training my horses. So we have a few new supporters that I wanted to mention this week. So Winzhou Zhang, Allison McGovern, Regina Fastel. So thank you guys for your support on Patreon. The link is below if you want to check it out. And I usually answer questions from the Patreon members first. So a couple of questions from Patreon. Um, one question which is kind of interesting is how can I have a straighter back at the canter? So this is kind of an interesting question because whenever you're riding your horse, whether you're walking, trotting, cantering, whatever, you want to be in neutral spine. So if you don't know what neutral spine is, Google it. But basically, there's some natural curves in your spine that you want to maintain, whether you're sitting or standing. Um, if you think about your pelvis when you're riding, you want your seat bones to be pointing down into the saddle. So if you arch your back and kind of like really stick your belly out, if you guys are sitting down right now, you can experiment with arching your back, sticking your belly out. And what you'll feel if you put your hands underneath your seat bones is that when you arch your back, you'll feel your seat bones disappear because your seat bones point backwards. And then the opposite happens if you hunch your back and you kind of like fold in your middle, like collapse your belly in, your seat bones point forward. So when you're in neutral spine, there is a small curve in your back, but you're not overarching in your back. And you should feel your seat bones pointing down into the saddle. The reason that neutral spine is important is because it allows you to absorb the motion of your horse. So if you overarch your back, you're gonna hurt your back. Same thing if you if you hunch too far forward. So you really wanna think about maintaining neutral spine. And the way that you do this is that you do have to have tone in your lower abs. So if you think about the feeling like if you're sucking on a straw, like if you're sucking on a thick smoothie, I don't know if any of you guys like smoothies, but I like smoothies. So if you're sucking on a thick smoothie and you're kind of contracting in your abs, that's the feeling that you want. And, and that's going to help you to maintain neutral spine and have stability. I think a lot of people that have back pain when they're riding, it's because they don't maintain neutral spine and they don't support their spine um, enough with their core. And then obviously, like in the canter, for example, maybe that's where you struggle with 
maintaining the neutral spine. So you've got to just keep thinking about that. So hopefully that helps you. Um, okay, next question is from Marianne. How to keep the weight on your outside sit bone when going to the left? My mare always falls in when going to the left. Okay, so this is a good question, which is basically that when you're riding and when your horse wants to fall into one direction or the other. So I would say that most horses tend to lean into the right. It sounds like Marianne's horse leans into the left. But one thing that's really important is that you always, regardless of where your horse is leaning, you always want to be straight above your horse. So you always want to feel like your left seat bone is on the left side of your horse's spine your right seat bone is on the right side of your horse's spine. And then if you feel like your horse is leaning to one way or another, what you do not want to do is you do not want to lean the opposite way. And I see this happen a lot where the horse is like leaning into the right, the rider starts leaning out to the left to try to compensate for it. Do not do that. If your horse is leaning one way or the other, you get centered over your horse's spine and then use your leg to get your horse to stand up. That's very, very important. So you've always got to use your legs to get your horse straight. You don't wanna lean to the side. Okay, next question um, is from Loretta. When I ask for um, she's talking about her canter departs. So last week, it's on an educated horse. She said, last week, the canter depart was fine. I don't think I've changed anything, but this week I can't get my canter depart. What happened? Any suggestions? Oh my gosh, Loretta, I feel your pain. So the canter transition, the canter depart is a tricky and difficult aid. And sometimes what I see happen is that you are always training your horse. You're either training your horse or you're untraining your horse. You're either training your horse to do what you want them to do or you're training your horse to do what you don't want them to do. And that's what's hard about horses is you never get to be like, okay, horse, like I'm not really feeling that good today. Can we just go on a ride and I'm just going to let the wind blow through my ears and it doesn't count. That doesn't ever get to happen because your horse is always learning from the way that you interact. So what I see happen a lot of the times is people are going along and they ask their horse for a canter and their horse doesn't canter for whatever reason. Maybe the horse wasn't set up well enough. Maybe they didn't ask exactly the right way. Maybe they didn't ask the way that the trainer asks, whatever. They ask for canter, the horse doesn't react. So for me as a trainer, if I'm riding along and I ask my horse to the canter and they don't canter, I'm immediately assessing why they didn't canter and I'm immediately making a correction. If I'm riding a horse and I ask for the canter, First of all, I make sure that they're prepared for canter. Then if they don't listen to me, I correct them. I say, like, I give them a kick. I say, hello, I'm up here. I asked for something. 
sometimes what happens when you're a little bit insecure on a horse or you're insecure about the cantering is you ask for canter and the horse doesn't canter. And instead of making a correction, you blame yourself and you say, I don't know, like maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I didn't ask perfectly. Um, And so rather than saying, hello, horse, I just asked you for something, you start doubting yourself. And when you don't have confidence in what you're asking and in the aid that you give, then pretty soon your horse starts just ignoring that aid because you've given the canter aid four or five times. Your horse hasn't responded, but you've never told your horse like, hey, horse, I just I just was asking for something. And so that's where it starts. And that's why it's really important for one that before you ask for the canter, make sure your horse is prepared, make sure they're round, make sure they're forward so that they can do it. Like I would never ask my horse to canter if they're not prepared, if I didn't know that I could get the correct answer. But then when you do ask, have confidence in your aid and make a correction if your horse doesn't do it correctly. Otherwise, your horse is just learning to ignore you. And the the tricky thing is that you can untrain a horse very quickly. Like all it takes is a few times of you not getting the canter and suddenly it's like you've never asked um, your horse to canter before. So hopefully um, that helps you out a little bit. What else is on my list? Okay, the other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is upcoming events. We always are planning so many exciting things for you guys. So this year, instead of doing a Black Friday where we're like selling all the time, what we're doing instead is called Giving Tuesday. So keep your eye posted and hopefully in the chat, Chris can post the link. Basically what we've done for Giving Tuesday is we've made an awesome page on our website that shows you guys all of the free resources we have. It would really, really help me out if you could share this page with as many of your riding friends as possible. You can email it to them. You can forward our posts on Facebook. But my mission is dressage for all, and I want to help as many people as possible to share my knowledge and to help you guys have a better ride and to enjoy your horses. So on that page, we have so many free resources. We have free mini course on rider position. We have a canter PDF. We have a mindset um, lecture, I believe. We have a podcast. There's a lot of stuff. I'm sure I've forgotten it. Um, So definitely check that out and please, please, please share it with your friends. It would really, really help me out. And um, so, yeah, we're giving back to everyone, to the community, because you guys are amazing. And I so appreciate each and every one of you. And I also really appreciate how much you guys support and encourage one another. That's really, really important to me. And I love that within our community, when someone asks a question, that there's always a lot of positive Um, and really good educational feedback for them. So keep up the good work, keep encouraging and supporting one another. It is coming up to be Thanksgiving, which is the season to be grateful. So if you're watching here live, 
Let me know in the comments what you are grateful for. One thing I'm always grateful for is my horses, of course. I think that's really obvious. Um, but it's really important to take some time, I think, especially around the holidays, to think about how lucky we are. The fact that we have a horse, the fact that we get to spend time with horses, they're such amazing creatures and they're so honest and genuine and they also teach us a lot about ourselves. They're kind of a reflection of you. And um, so I really enjoy the time with my horses. I'm also grateful, of course, to all of you guys. I always already said that and to my family. So I did not do Facebook Live last Thursday. I was visiting my grandmother and it's it's kind of always hard and sad when you see them start to get older but i've learned so much from my grandparents they have had a huge effect on me my grandmother is one of the hardest working most honest people that i've ever met in my entire life she is so selfless and always thinking of everyone else and how she can help out in the community and it's really really inspiring to be around my grandmother the other thing just kind of a funny story is we always play cards like that's just something we do as a family together we always play cards and so we were playing hearts and if you've played hearts before, you know that when you get the queen of spades, you get 13 points. Like if you get the queen of spades, you're going to lose the game. And so we were playing and my grandmother thought that, I think she thought that spades had been, or no, she thought that clubs had been led and she threw the queen of spades accidentally which meant that she was going to have to take the queen of spades. So she kind of misread what she had in her hands. She threw out the queen of spades and ended up having to take the queen of spades. Most people would have been like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Like I made a mistake. Can I take back my card? But she's the kind of person and she was like, nope, it's my mistake. I have to own it. I have to take it. And she took the queen of spades which meant that she lost the game. And to me, I was just sitting there thinking like, what an amazing person to just, you know, take that responsibility on herself for her own mistake and not try to take it back, not try to blame someone else, but to just own it, even though it meant that she didn't win the game. So that's just one story about my amazing grandmother and maybe she's watching sometimes she watches my facebook lives which is very cute so let's see what are you guys grateful for um someone says here it's spousal support linda says getting up every morning and being excited about the day um supportive husband very involved in my horsey lifestyle absolutely Thankful for all the positive changes in my life. Got out of a bad relationship, got out of an abusive living situation, got a new house and job. I hit the restaurant button, the restart button, and it's been wonderful. Good for you. I can't see your name. I'm sorry, but I'm. that's amazing. What a story. Um, Dana says, I'm grateful for such a sweet boy who is kind and takes such good care of me. 
Catherine, I'm grateful to be able to learn from you to finally understand the why behind the training. Thank you, Catherine. Um, I'm grateful for my horses. I'm grateful to be a horse owner. Grateful for a supportive family. Horses are a blessing. Um, Lori says, thankful for my team and family that continues to support me and help take care of my horses while I continue to deal with a back injury. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, grateful for my family, horse and dogs. Um, yes. Okay. So you guys are all, I think it's so important to be grateful for what we have. And it's, it's easy to get wrapped up in what you don't have and to forget that the fact that we have horses, the fact that we can get out of bed and move our bodies every day is huge. And you really need to remember that and see the glasses being half full instead of being half empty, which I'll admit it's hard this time of year when it gets dark so early. So um, hopefully together with this amazing community, we can all stay positive and keep supporting one another this winter. Okay. Um, the other upcoming events that we have is on January 1st, New Year's Day, I always do goal setting. So be sure to mark your calendars on New Year's Day for our goal setting webinar. And then the following Sunday, which is January 8th, I'll be doing my groundwork webinar. So there's a lot to look forward to in the year ahead. And let's see, I had a couple more questions to answer for from Facebook. Um, there were several about the leg yield. So I had one question from Strides, and she said that in the leg yield, her horse was slowing down and losing impulsion. What should you do if your horse slows down and loses impulsion in the leg yield? This is a very, very common mistake. The reason is that leg yield works on suppleness. So in order for your horse to cross over, they have to kind of stretch their back and their top line muscles. And if they're at all tight or restricted, they will slow down when you ask them to move over. So what I recommend doing is doing a few steps of leg yield, doing the leg yield staircase, where you go a few steps over in leg yield and then if your horse starts getting too backed off, go a few steps straight and ride forward again, and then do a few steps over. And then when they back off, straight and forward. Eventually, you'll get to the point where within the leg yield, if your horse starts to back off, you can send them forward and keep going over. But at first, when your horse is stiff and not supple enough, you might have to do the leg yield staircase to help with that. So... Hopefully that helps you. Um, the other question about leg yield is from Sue. So she's doing the leg yield at the canter. My lesson horse seems to be ignoring my leg aid to move over and then I stop moving my hips and he breaks the canter. Happens more to the left than to the right. Okay, so this is a really good question. And it's important, first of all, to understand that the mechanic of the leg yield in the trot versus the canter is very different. In the trot, your horse's hind legs, what they're doing in the, in the leg yield is that they're reaching and crossing. So like 
the left hind reaches over, the right hind crosses over, the left hind, the right hind, like this. In the canter, the horse has to jump sideways. So they have to like basically take both hind legs and jump over as they're cantering. So it requires a little bit of a different balance. And sometimes it can be tricky for the horse to find that balance and to be able to move over while they are in the canter. So what I do is I really make sure that my leg yields are really, really good at the trot and the walk before I try to do it at the canter. And if you can't do it at the canter, then go back to the trot or the walk and get your horse more responsive to your leg aid. Because anytime, like let's say you're cantering, 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 and you try to do the leg yield, if you have to apply a lot of pressure with your leg, it's going to lock up your seat and your hip, which might be what's causing your horse to break out of the canter. So go back to the trot and the walk, make your horse super reactive. And then a couple of things you might try in the canter. One is doing the leg yield on the rail. So like counter flexing your horse and just asking the haunches to move a little in. That might help you. And also the leg yield staircase is great to do in the canter. So when you're just starting out, anytime you're introducing something new to your horse, you would never expect to do like a leg yield across the whole diagonal. You would just do a few steps over straight, a few steps over straight. The reason that's important is because the way that we communicate with our horses is by pressure and release. And so if your horse is just learning the aids for a leg yield, when they take two steps over, you've got to release the pressure and tell them they did the right thing. Then you can ask again. But so often we forget the release, like we forget to take the pressure off. And then the horse never understands that they did something right or what you want. And then you have to put more and more and more pressure. And then that's when we end up nagging our horses all the time. So hopefully that helps you. Um, Edward, what are the aids for the leg yield? Is it just moving the shoulder in? The, the aids for the leg yield are inside leg, outside rein. Because for a leg yield, your inside leg should be at the girth, pushing the inside hind leg over. And your outside rein keeps the shoulder from falling. A lot of times horses will try to just fall out through the shoulder. What you want in the leg yield, oh, I have my pokey horse. My husband, he ordered these um, pokey and gumby. Apparently you old pokies <laughs> know about these guys, but my husband ordered pokey so that he could do demos. He promised that next week he'll come to Facebook Live and do pokey demos for you guys. When you're doing a leg yield, you want pokey to stay straight from the pole to the tail. So there's no bend in your horse's body in a leg yield, but you do want them to cross over like this. So your inside leg pushes the inside hind leg over and your outside rein keeps the shoulder from falling out. If you don't have an outside rein, Pokey might kind of go like this, and then he might just drift sideways instead of actually doing a leg yield. 
So in a leg yield, your horse is straight from their pull to their tail, no bend, just a slight flexion in the jaw. In shoulder in, haunches in, half pass, there's a bend in your horse's body. So from the pull to the tail, your horse should be equally bent and moving sideways. So that's why we teach leg yield first, because leg yield is just moving sideways. When you start doing shoulder in and half pass, then you have bend as you move over. So um, so yes, hopefully next week, Herman will do more pokey demos. He's probably going to be mad, but look how cool you can make him like cross his legs and do like <laughs> leg yield. There you go. Pokey's leg yielding. So I'm glad you guys enjoy that. Okay. The last question from tonight is from Kina. She says, I don't have an arena. What can I safely do in my field? I don't have very smooth ground to ride on. Okay. So this is a good question. And I think it goes back to what I talked about in the beginning. If you don't have an arena, you can do a lot, but you want to be very aware of the footing. So like I mentioned before, if it's slippery, like if it's muddy or icy and your horse could slip, that's when you really want to be careful, particularly anytime you're asking your horse to turn, because that's when your horse is more, most likely that they could slip and fall with you. And that's really not a good thing. Um, as far as when the ground is uneven, horses can get used to that for sure. Um, but the more that you can keep your horse balanced, the more that you can get your horse on the hind end and lifting up in the shoulders, the more you're going to be able to maneuver them through an uneven arena. So I think all the things that we work on in dressage, like transitions, all of that to get the horse's hind end more engaged will help you to maneuver in a different arena footing. Okay, let's see. Are there any more questions? When will I be offering 30 days to round? Again, you guys already want to do 30 days to round next year. We're also working on some other challenges because the challenge was so fun. So we're going to be making some other new challenges for you guys. If you have any suggestions for the next challenge, let me know. Um, okay, I don't see any other questions. So I hope you guys enjoyed this and we're going to stay motivated this winter. That's my goal. I think the winter is a really good time to reflect. I always find that I spend more time watching videos of my past lessons or my tests. And honestly, that's a really good thing to do on a day that you can't ride. Instead, you know, go back and watch a video of your past lesson or watch some YouTube videos, focus on your education and really know that when you're focused on watching, if you're focused on what the rider's doing and visualizing your body doing that, it will actually fire the same neurons in your brain. So visualization does work. If you're not able to get in the saddle, do some groundwork and spend some time watching some videos. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your evening. Next week, we will continue with Pokey. <laughs> Good night, everyone.
So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.